What's up, gamers? What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Cross Section Podcast. Uh, my name is Sterling. And I'm David. And this is the Cross Section Podcast, where we look at movies and we look at the hidden spiritual aspects and themes in movies. Um, what we say is, where we love movies, we're both Christian, but we don't necessarily love Christian movies. Uh, so we're gonna get right into it. Today we are talking about The Incredibles. It came out in 2004. It stars Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, and Samuel L. Jackson. And it is about a family of superheroes that have to defeat one of the main character's childhood admirers. Admirers, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, and they, they realize along the way that they are much stronger and they work together mm-hmm. as a team. And, well, first, what do you like about this movie? Why do, you, why do you like it so much? Oh, man. I mean, it's a movie that I remember watching with my family back in like 2004. I guess I was like 12 or 13. It was a cool little family outing for us. And this movie's all about family. So I think it was just one of those like perfect, I watched it right at the, at the right time with the right group of people. And it was just really, it's really awesome. I've rewatched it a countless times since. I, I always love the music. Michael Giacchino, fantastic score. Very much like reminiscent of Bond and those spy movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, just jazz all over the place. It's really cool. Um, but I think I've come to appreciate it because I've come to like really see the depth in all of the characters, especially the main two with... Craig T. Nelson and Holly Hunter, those two characters are really, really strong. One who's trying to basically relive the past or get back to where he felt like he was great at what he does. And then the mom who's really trying to keep the family together and keep the father engaged on what's important. Mm-hmm. And just the, their their interactions and their conversations, I mean, it's just all well-written. Um, I guess writer-director Brad Bird who also did Ratatouille. Uh, that's in my notes. He did Ratatouille, The Iron Giant, and he also did uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yes. I mean, all three. I mean, he's 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 almost perfect. I mean, Tomorrowland, to me, kind of was a misstep, and yeah. um, I was kind of like, ah, I didn't really enjoy that at all. But, yeah, Ghost Protocol, Ratatouille, Iron Giant, Incredibles. That's about as good of a four group of movies that you're going to mm-hmm. direct. And so... Um, yeah, Brad Bird, great guy for the job. Um, and yeah, I, I, I could talk forever about how much I love this movie, but I think what I, what I just really love is that it is very rewatchable. You can watch Mm -hmm. it a bunch of times and, you know, you, you could be waiting for the honey, where is my super suit thing the whole time. (laughs) Oh man, that's gotta be the most quotable line in the movie. Yeah. You could be waiting for that scene the whole time and you could, but you also just get so emotionally invested in the characters like, you know. Uh, the, the big emotional beats where, you know, they're really saving each other and protecting each other is just so good. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I find myself tearing up at certain scenes over and over and over again. Like, no matter how many times I watch it, I will always tear up at the same exact moments. Yeah. And there's never, uh, in this movie at least, there's no, there's no slow parts. Yeah. And even the slow parts are, there's still important parts. Like, you know, in some movies where there's a slow part and they're just talking about their feelings... you know something like that and it's just that's the time that you get up and like you get a drink or like you go to the bathroom and it's like it's it doesn't it's not engaging but with this i mean 
Yeah. There's hard to find a dull scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's art even, even it's hard to find even like a um, throwaway line either. Oh, like no. I kind of, you know, if we're getting really, really nitpicky with, with this movie, I'm like, there's a scene that like at the end, three different characters say the remote controls the robot. Oh, and I'm kind of like, like, why do we need to repeat it that many times? Are we really like forgetting that much? But anyway, I got to start using that, you know, when we like, when we're watching TV or something. The remote controls the robot. <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, okay, this is still a movie made for kids and with kids in mind. But I'm like, man, yeah. they really have to like, <laughs> it's yeah. just crazy. But anyway, that's the only like nitpicky thing. But other than that, I'm like, this is perfect movie from start to finish. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we'll we'll get into it in a second, but I just want I just want to talk. I just want to you know. Yeah. Because this is a, for me, I think I I watched it for the first time with my dad, and uh, ever since, I mean. It's 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 like his favorite movie. It's it's so it's so good, um, and just all the all the lines, all the quotes. You know, you could, eat, the whole movie is just one entire like reference. You know, yeah. You could, and then earlier, I was thinking. The one slow part that I can think of is when they're in the cave and they're gathered around the cave and the mom is telling the kids, like, you know, the stuff. And um, and then she leaves and then Violet's in charge and Dash walks off <laughs> and she's like, Mom said, he's like, I'm not going to leave the cave. You know? You think the bad guys are here to destroy our parents' <laughs> we survived, but we're dead. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> oh, Dash is so good. Oh man. And then I mean, I I mentioned the music before, but like this guy, Michael Giacchino, he must have just I mean, he must have just been feeling it on every level because like mm -hmm. there's certain moments that I when I watched it, you know, the other day when Dash is starts running on the water, mm -hmm. and there's just like these piano keys, like yeah, yeah, and you're just like. That's so perfect. That's it's just like tiptoeing on the water. You can't think of any other sound that would that would fit in that. It just it just makes it it just makes it that much more iconic. Like the movie already works perfectly, but mm -hmm. the music like takes it to the next level. And, and yeah, I mean it's just perfect. Well, uh, we usually get right into it, but we've spent eight minutes just like talking about how good good the movie is. But um, uh, yeah, let's let's uh let's get right into it. Uh, the first scene that I want to talk about is in the first 10 minutes of the movie. I always think that the first 10 minutes of any movie are important in setting up the characters and setting up the conflict sometimes. The scene that I want to talk about is at the beginning where Mr. Incredible, who is this... Okay, first of all, his superpower is super strength. And in this scene, he is on his way to intercept these bank robbers. And there's an old lady on the side of the road that flags him down and he pulls over and her cat is stuck in a tree. And rather than calling the fire department or climbing the tree, he rips the tree out of the ground and is just shaking the tree. He's just shaking the tree to get the cat out. And, uh, and then he sees, he hears on his police scanner that the bank robbers are rounding the corner, like they're, they're nearby. And so he starts shaking the tree more vigorously whipping it around and the cat finally falls out and the bank robbers are right there and he swings the entire tree this is not a small tree by the way he swings the entire tree over the road and it blocks the road and the robbers crash into it and they get apprehended and this it sets up how powerful he is on his own and a theme we're going to be talking about is how 
in the movie, he relies mostly on himself to get through things. And in this scene, it really um, establishes why he feels the need to do that, because he's so powerful. And this is when he's single. He, he gets married later on. That's yeah. actually the day he is getting married. Yeah. And, <laughs> but yeah, what do, you, what do you think about that scene? Yeah, I mean, that scene really sets it up perfectly. He's, uh, I've got time. You know, yeah. looking down at his watch. Oh, I've got time. I can do this. I can do that. But he still only does it one way. Like you said, he could have climbed the tree, gotten the tree down. He didn't even have to use any of his powers to do that. Um, and then, even, but he even shows that he's like capable of like focusing on two things at once, like get the, getting out of the tree, use the tree to block the guy. So it's like he has this like potential inside of him of like he can do multiple things at once, but he's still just very much like. All right, it's got to be me. Yeah. If it ain't me, you know, if it isn't me, everyone else is helpless. I'm going to do it the most incredible way possible. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, and he doesn't come off as this, like, self-grandizing, you know, uh, showboat guy because mm -hmm. he's helping this old lady, and, he, you know, thank you, ma'am. And even the police guys, he's like, all right, guys, i got to see you later. You know, it's, he's not this, like, everyone worship me type of guy, but he still very much wants to do it on his own. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean it's perfect, and then, you know, then he, then the last girl shows up, and she's like, "You need to be more flexible." Um, you know, it's perfect. It's a perfect setup. He that was needs playful banter. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he needs to be more flexible, but it shows that, like, I mean, he is just one thing to the next to the next, and it's very much like he's never taken any breaks. He goes from the kitten in the tree to stopping the robbers, to apprehending the guy who stole the purse, to diving off a building to save a guy that's committing suicide to then showing up to bomb voyages, you know, breaking into the bank. And it's just like, I mean, it is just one thing after the next. And, the and then police, stopping that train, yeah, it's just a continuation. Then he, of, then he gets knocked out of the train and or the bomb blows up the train, I mean, the train tracks. I mean, it's just one thing to the next. And, like, the policemen are, like, annoyed because they're like, you didn't catch him? Like, bomb voyage. And, he, and it's almost just like he set up this... Thing where the even the police are like, well, you're supposed to catch him. Like, we're, yeah. what? It's like you're the policeman. You should have caught him. <laughs> like, you know, it's just he and yeah. And then of course, you know, the, then the guy sues him for saving him from committing suicide. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just you know, like the policemen are like, you didn't catch him. Like, what the heck? And the guy's like, you didn't. You saved me from committing suicide. I wasn't wanting to be saved. And it's just. It start the the weight of it is already starting to crack and the weight of that thing is already starting to bend and you just can't handle it all. So yeah, I mean man, we want to talk about you just go from one scene to the next in this movie. I mean it's just there's no breaks, it just keeps going. I love it. So yes. So the next scene that I, I really appreciate is the dinner scene. So it shows, you know, we jump ahead in the storyline, they're all living their normal lives. They're not, they're not allowed to be superheroes anymore. Um, and he's working at this insurance claim place, insurance company, and uh, he's trying to help people any way he can. His boss is really annoyed by it. But you can tell he just hates his job. And, um, and like, he is working when no one else is working, by the way. At, at the end of when he's done helping that old lady, it says morning break is over. No one else is working except really? for him. Which I did not catch that. He still wants to help. Like, he still has this desire to help, which is just so powerful to me because it's like he's a good guy. 
Like, yeah. This isn't this like prideful. I have to do everything. You know, he he just he, that's just in him. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'll get to kind of you know at the end for the sermon points, but it's just like that is so good. But the scene that I really wanted to highlight was the dinner scene, which man, if this isn't not if this is not every dinner you know in America or whatever you know for this certain demographic of if your family eats dinner like that. I mean, just every second, you know, there could be an argument about whatever. Mm-hmm. The son is trying not to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, he's he's the mom's trying to discipline him, let the dad discipline him, but the the son knows that if he talks about how fast he was going, the dad's gonna get into it. You know, it's just and, and he's not paying attention. That's the other thing. Uh, he's just like he's so like dead from his day at work. He's <laughs> the mom's like, Dash got sent to the office. Uh, yeah. No, Bob. Oh, that's that's bad. bad. Yeah. And Dash got sent to the office. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. And so, like, as he's getting more and more excited and more and more frustrated or whatever, he cuts through the plate, which you know, it starts this theme of like they're all of them are still using their powers, but none of them are using them for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dash is running around the table, slapping his sister in the back of the head. You know, her sister, his sister finally, like, puts up the force field to stop him from running. Yeah. Um, the mom is just reaching around just to grab them all and keep them from fighting each other. I'm sure she could do something much more effective, but that's just what she's using it for. The dad comes in and just lifts the table up. All these people have these incredible powers, but they're not using them for their intended purpose. And it's, and it's to the point, I think it's Violet that has a great line where she says you know i don't want to act normal i want to be normal like we're not normal this is not okay because and it's not because she hates her powers or doesn't want to use it it's just her whole life she's never seen anyone use their powers for good they've only seen them use their powers for bad Mm -hmm. you know they're done using their superpowers before those kids are born um and so it's just she feels like she's not a superhero and she's not a normal person. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very much just the conflict of, like, I mean, the, the kid loves using his powers, but they just won't let him. Mm-hmm. He wants to use his powers, but only to, like, win in track or to put tax on the teacher's desk. That is my dad's favorite scene, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that guy, he quotes that all the time. Coincidence? I, I think th- not! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good! And it's like, right there! Right there! Uh, and then the principal is so clear, like, you Sorry. and your son can go. You can go. You're letting him leave. You can see on his smug little face. He's guilty. 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 guilty, guilty. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, and it's just yeah, but it's like he he wants to use his powers to show off. The daughter doesn't even want to use her powers because she doesn't feel like she's normal. She wants to be a part of everyone else, but she can't because she's got this power. And so, for me, it just sets up everything. Like the family is a family but they're only pretending to be a family, just like they're only pretending to be normal mm-hmm. and just like they're pretending they don't have powers. Um, and so it's just, I mean, yeah, there, there's just, it's just every beat in that scene is perfect because you're like, okay, I see. Um, you see the potential, but yes. they're all misguided and they're all doing their own thing at the same time and it's kind of chaotic. And when the parents should be teaching and supporting and 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 teaching them how to use their powers, but instead they're teaching them how to hide their powers from everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, it's just, they're, they're not, they're, they are trying to teach, they are trying to instruct, but like, 
The dad doesn't even believe that they should hide their powers. So, like, of course the son wants to use it all the, every chance he can get because he can see his dad wants to use his powers, but he just doesn't. And so they are teaching them and they are instructing them, but just the examples that they're setting are not the right ones. And so it's just, I mean, it's just perfect. And so, yeah, that scene really, uh, really plays a big factor for me and the meaning behind this movie. Mm-hmm. So the next scene I wanted to talk about um, is when Bob's boss calls him into his office and starts explaining to him how a business should work, which in every other time that I've viewed this movie is just like a comedic scene. Uh, it's the, you know, it's the guy from Wallace Princess Shawn, Bride. Princess Bride, Inconceivable, <laughs> he's Rex from Toy Story. It's like, you know, oh, okay. just the most recognizable voice in these movies, in these Pixar movies. You're just like, ah, oh, man, Wallace Shawn, great. And, and it's always just been that funny, like, wow, the tiny, tiny man, Mr. Incredible, but the tiny man has all the power. Mm-hmm. You know, and once again, you see Mr. Incredible distracted, wants to save the guy in the alley, but the boss is very much like, if you don't pay attention to me, I'm going to fire you. And so one of the interesting things that I, um, that I keyed in on was, um, was when he, he, he says this line. He says, now a clock needs to be clean, well lubricated, and wound tight. The best clocks have dual movements, cogs that fit, that cooperate by design. And being metaphorical, Bob, you know what I mean by cooperative cogs? And and I'm just like, wait a second. This this dude is literally explaining us the theme, one of the major themes of the movie is that you can, you know, you can be a good piece of a clock, but if you don't work well with others or work well together mm-hmm. or have dual movements, like, you know, being a good superhero, but also being a good dad, like, you know, you're not gonna be useful in the clock. You're, you know, it's it's, you're How many times this. have you seen this movie? <laughs> that's, and, that's good. And you know, and it's just like, oh, wow. And I think it helps because I like, I rarely watched movies with subtitles before just because I didn't want to be reading while I was mm-hmm. watching. But I'm like, now that I've seen a movie like five or six times, I'm like, let's turn the subtitles on, see if I can see anything. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that I saw. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> this is a throwaway scene. Or just a funny scene because yeah. it, it ends with him choking him and throwing him through like seven walls of concrete. Which, by the way, that dude's dead. Uh, <laughs> there's no way that dude yeah. survived. But anyway, cartoon. And I, but it's just for me, he literally just explains like obviously in a wrong way. He's trying to use this metaphor to control everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, it's a metaphor of a clock, which. You know, I'm sure you, you've got some, you know, this whole, like, time thing with The Incredibles is so cool, yeah. too. Um, he's looking at his watch. Yeah, I've got time. Um, there's that countdown throughout the second half of the movie where the robot is, is oh, about yeah. to launch. Yeah, it's just um, a lot of clock imagery and a lot of... Yeah, but we're not talking about that. Sure. But, yeah, no, I just think that this scene is just one of those scenes where I'm like, oh, they're still pounding away at the theme of the movie. You have to work together. Yeah, uh, that was a uh, yeah. Like 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 I like you said, the I think every single time I've watched this movie, I didn't really pay much attention to that because I was just so focused on what was coming next and what like how he. I was focused more on the part where he wanted to to stop the criminal. Like I, I was Mister Incredible, I wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. And uh, one of my roommates actually pointed this out. Do you think Mister Incredible was more concerned with? 
stopping the criminal because uh, like it was the right thing to do, or do you think he just wanted to prove that he can like he can still do what he's famous for, you know? Yeah. And it made me think because on one hand, you know, you'd like to think that he was helping this the guy from getting mugged to save him, stop a, a crime from happening. He's stuck in this day job where he's bored out of his mind, and he just wants to get out. He's so bored. And he, and he sees an opportunity. Yelled, he gets yelled at for helping people, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, even the scene before, he is cheering about a fire. He's like, whoa, baby, yeah. a fire! Yeah. It's like, um, dude, like, there's people about to die. Like, he just he just wants, he's, he's yeah. just thrill-seeking at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, that's an interesting question. Does he want... Does he want to actually save that person, or does, or is he just so much itching? He doesn't care what it is. He's just itching to do what he feels like he was built to do. So yeah, what's your next scene? Uh, okay, my next scene is um, when okay after this he gets fired because obviously yeah throw your boss through a wall. He gets recruited by this lady to do superhero work, and his first assignment is to go to this island and defeat this robot. And he is he's he's incredibly out of shape. His costume doesn't fit. He's he's 15 years older than he was when he was at his prime. Um, but he get, he gets there and he's still super strong and he's uh, he I guess he just uses his his brain and his strength and he defeats this robot almost like it's nothing. Uh, he uses his he uses the robot's own like uh, claws against it, mm-hmm. and it basically destroys itself. But he he masterminds the whole thing, and this it builds his confidence, and it also it it reassures him that he he, he still got it, you know. And this this happens a lot a lot in real life too, where you convince yourself that you can do it all on your own, and you can do you can handle everything on your own. You don't need anybody's help. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think it's 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 really cool because you're so true. It's so true. You're you're 100 right when when we've been feeling like we're in a funk and like we're not doing what we should and we're like you know we're not reaching our true potential and then there's like one small thing that we like do well like we you know I know for you you like fixing stuff and it's like. If you fix that, you know, like every doorknob in the house, like it's the tiniest thing in the world. Yeah. But you feel like so good afterwards. I'm in control now. I've got it. I'm, I'm, you know, it, you get into that headspace where you're like, oh man, this, this past week has really sucked, but I had this one good day, so now I'm all good. You know. Yeah. And 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 yeah, and it, and it and it can either like get you back on track, and now you go back to doing the things you want to do, or it like causes you to just be like, yeah, I'm the man. Like I got this. And, or like, I don't need anybody's help. Like, I'd see I did it on my own. And I mean, it could be the smallest stuff. Like, I've gotten so excited about, like, just making dinner for myself after a long funk. Because I'm just like, oh, this meal is great. I'm such a, yeah, I got this, you know. Oh, wait, who's the man? I'm the man. I'm the man. <laughs> who's got two thumbs and is the man? This, this guy. guy. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I mean, and, and so it's just so true, man. You get that one spark back, like, you know saves those people from the burning building but then he gets yelled at by his wife mm-hmm. um and then and it's like and he saves you know he helps out people with his insurance but he gets yelled at by his boss 
you know, he wants to save somebody, but his boss prevents him. So he throws him through a wall and then he gets punished for that. But then he finally does something and he gets paid to do it. And no one knows about it, obviously. Nobody yells at him either. And nobody yells at him. And, and she actually, you know, there's that montage, that great montage of him working out and, you know, connecting with his wife and kids. And that's what happens, too. Like, when you're in a funk and, like, you like you feel like you're not in control. Yeah. But then one thing happens and it turns your whole perspective around. You are more social. You're more, like, outgoing. You, you know, it's yeah. that it's, it's very, it's, it's not a far stretch from what happens to people in real life. Yeah. Um, you, you, the best parts of yourself gets, get accentuated or focused on. Mm-hmm. But even then, he's doing it for selfish reasons. Yeah. And so he's lying to his wife. Like, she doesn't know why, you know, he... She thinks he's cheating, and, like... Yeah. Everything he's doing is, like... Confirms it. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, getting back into shape after, like, after being fat, um, and he's... Always going on business trips. Business which, trips, not telling not telling her... That's very vague. Not telling her exactly where, where he's going. Absolutely. That one little spark gets you going, and mm-hmm. it can take you so far. But it should be used for to get yourself back on track, mm-hmm. not enforce that you can do this all by yourself yeah and then we also the other thing about that is you can be on like this this incredible high but then one even the tiniest thing will bring you back down oh sure you know so the next scene that i want to talk about is um uh, mr incredible gets he gets caught by the bad guys and the bad guy his name is syndrome and he is i think I i said this earlier he is Mr. Incredible's number one fan at the beginning of the movie. Yes. And Mr. Incredible brushes him off. He says he works alone. And so he takes that to heart. Syndrome takes that to heart. And he grows up and he has all this resentment towards Mr. Incredible. And he... Resentment seek... towards superheroes in general. Because of that, yeah. So anyway, he, uh, Mr. Incredible gets caught by Syndrome. And he's strung up on this electrical machine thing. And he's, he's kind of powerless at, the, at this point. And... He starts to realize that, or you as the, the viewer start to realize that he's not in control of everything. Yeah. He, he can't do it all on, on his own. Then this is, this is like an overarching thing of the whole movie. You need help. I mean, all of us need help, you know. We can't do everything on our own. And it's, it's totally okay to ask for help. But when you try to take on everything by yourself, and only by yourself, things kind of... Tend to fall apart. Yeah. And in this scene, that that's actually that's true because he's strung up on this machine, and meanwhile his wife and his kids are on a plane, uh, coming to find him. And the bad guy he sends uh, heat-seeking heat-seeking missiles to blow up the plane, and he can't do anything about it. You know, neither can they because the, okay, the only thing that can save them would be Violet, and she she can't do it. She's She's still yet. trying to. She never made one that big. Develop her powers, yeah. Um, and so you know, just things start to fall apart when we rely on ourselves too heavily. Yeah. And uh, and then, and then, uh, the plane actually blows up, and I'm not sure how they survive, but it's a cartoon, or maybe they die. I'm not going to spoil it. But <laughs> then uh, they land in the ocean, and then dash the the sun. He's he's just he's freaking out. He's having a meltdown. He's like, "We're dead, we're dead. We survived, but we're dead." And the next, they have they're forced to work together, because they're just treading water in the middle of the ocean, 
they have no choice but to work together. And they actually do a pretty good job of this. But then that's when you start to like see family. They're they're okay on their own. They're yeah. they have superpowers, but when they work together and, and pool their powers, that's when you know you see the most. They're they're more effective as a team. Yeah. And you know I think the one of the crazy things that I think he I mean he obviously Mr. Incredible realizes is that he if he doesn't have his family, what is he even doing this for anyway? You know, he, mm-hmm. because once his family's gone, it's almost just like, I got nothing else. Like, mm-hmm. what am I escaping here for? What do I stop? I mean, I, I got no family left now that they're gone. And, and it's one of those wake-up moments where you realize, like, oh, I was doing this all for myself when I should have been doing this for my family. Yes, my relationship with my family is much better now, but it's built on a lie. Um, and, and so I should have been doing this for them the whole time. And I think that that's really... That's that's extremely powerful, but yes, you start to see the glimpses of the synergy, um, which you know brings me you know to that moment, and when everyone's broken free, you know the they're in the they're in the jungle, and um, first Dash and Violet are together, and they are running through the jungle, and Dash has to have this like wake up moment, like hey, use your powers to their fullest extent, like go for it. And he just just takes off. And it's just this, I mean, it's obviously just this, like, it's obviously the scene for Dash where he's just running on water. Mm-hmm. He's, piano like, keys. running around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the piano keys, you know, going crazy. And it's just such a dynamic scene. Violet's kind of struggling because she all she can do is disappear. She's not going to, like, beat up this man. Um, she does pick up gun. that tree branch, though. What was that? She does pick up that tree branch. Sure, yes, but it's just, you know, she, she obviously, all she can do is hide, and it's just going to be a matter of time before that guy finds her. Mm-hmm. But that's when Dash shows back up, he beats her up, and he, you know, says something very meaningful to me, like, no one messes with my sister, you know, like, he's now realizing, oh, I need to use my powers to protect her, um, or use them to protect each other, and that's when Violet jumps in front of him and puts a force field and creates that ball, and now they're running through the forest with the ball of force field, and it's just like the synergy is really starting to work now. Mm. And then it culminates; they find their family, and man, you know, Dash creates a, a sandstorm, and you know, and uh, Mister Incredible throws something out of the sandstorm. Um, you know, Violet's using her force fields to protect everybody from the bullets. Um, Elastigirl is stretching up and grabbing people. I, it's just, I mean, the, the synergy, obviously the final scene where they're fighting the final robot, it's like all maxed it's, out. Yeah, yeah. But like here, you can really see it and they all pose together and it's, you know, <laughs> it's that superhero moment, but it's just perfect because you're like, okay, they're a family now. You know, they're good at being superheroes and they're good at being a family, that mm-hmm. cooperative cogs type of thing. And it's just, the culmination of it is just so brilliant. Yeah. Another thing... Um... You know how in some movies they have to coordinate with each other and tell them, okay, do this, do that, and they like, like work. Like the Avengers with the heroes. Yeah, yeah. So. Like they're communicating, and that's how they work well together. But in the Incredibles, they don't even have to do that. No. They're just they're just on it, you know, and they can they can work together without communicating, and it just flows so smoothly and naturally. Um, I think that's a pretty cool twist on the whole like teamwork. Um, and then when yeah you know when they're in the superhero pose and he freezes them, um, he he puts two and two together and he's like Elastigirl 
you married Elastigirl? And he looks at the kids and got busy. <laughs> and um, yeah, just that. Um, and that's when they first realized. I think at the very end, they worked so well together because they they did it in the jungle and they really hadn't attempted it, it at all until that point. And so that was just that was just preparing them to work together, and it yeah. it worked so well at the end. Because they all are incredible on their own. And they definitely highlight that in the movie. Dash running on the water, Violet, you know, using her force fields, you know, um, Mrs. Incredible, Elastigirl, you know, doing all that stretching stuff when she's sneaking around. And then obviously Mr. Incredible just always showing that he's good. On They're all incredible on their own. But the movie's not called They're All Incredible. Mr. Incredible. They're it's not, yeah, it's not called any any one of those one people. It's The Incredible. Yes, yeah. And, and then, yeah, even Syndrome's plan is like, everyone will have superpowers, then no one will be incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, okay, I, it makes sense, but it's still misguided because everyone needs to be incredible on their own first. If everyone is not incredible, it's just, it's one of those things where you, you can see, you understand what the villain is working for, but at the same time, he wants to be Mr. Incredible. Like, he wants to be the center of, I'm Syndrome, I'm here to save the day. He will still wants that. If he was really altruistic, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be doing all that stuff. But um, he he he's right there. He just misses the steps. Like we all need to be incredible together, and that's where we'll truly be the most incredible. But he's like, no, I want to make the superheroes not special, um, mm. so that I can be special. So anyway, so yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it is, um, yeah, it's a major major theme of the movie. So the Incredibles, great. Okay, um, the. Uh... The next scene, uh, the final scene that I want to talk about is the is at the very end. They land, they park the RV in the city, um, and they are the whole family is fighting the the robot from earlier. Um, They're about to. Fight. It's yeah, it's like a it's like a new and improved version of the robot. And they get out of the RV, and Mr. Incredible runs off. He says, "Stay here uh, and watch the kids," and I'll and and he just runs off. And his wife. Um, stops him and basically says, what have we been doing for the past 20 minutes? We've been working together. And she's just trying to reassure him that they work best as a team. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, he's, I'm asking you to wait with the kids and I'm telling you not a chance. You're my husband. I'm better. Or I'm with you for better or for worse. Like I have to do this alone. What is this to you? Playtime? No. So you can be Mr. Credible again? No. Then what is it? I'm not, not what? I'm not strong enough. Strong enough, and this will make you stronger? Like, and he said, yes, no. And then she says, is this what it is to you? It's some sort of workout? And then he says, I can't lose you again. I'm not, I can't, I'm not strong enough. And then she says, if we work together, you won't have to be. And it's just really cool, because I, I, man, this is it, man. This is the part where I tear up every time, because it's just so perfect, because now they're being the example for their kids of like how to be both a superhero and a family and work both both ways because yes being a superhero is about saving people but it's not about the glory afterwards mm -hmm. or it's not just about doing it on your own and it's about protecting people but it's not about sidelining people and so he's just he once he realizes what he had to lose he didn't want to ever lose it again but he still wasn't thinking, I need to work together. Um, 
And, you know, I think, you know, obviously this, this is a podcast about where we just try and figure out, okay, well, what is this? How does this movie speak to us on a Christian spiritual level? And for me, this is very much like we're all incredible in our own way. We have, we have the, if we're Christians, if, if, we've, if we've made Jesus Lord, we all have the spirit inside of us. And so we have the power to do incredible things through God. And, you know, one scripture that I, I, I would like to highlight is 2 Peter chapter 1, um, where it says in verse 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. We have everything we need. And, the, and, the, and this chapter goes on to say that we need to add to our faith, and we add to our goodness, and self-control, and perseverance, and knowledge, and kindness, and godliness, and all these things that we need to continue to add so that we don't lose sight of what's important. And that's, that, that's on its own isn't powerful stuff enough. We always, we always have things to work on and things to do for our own personal salvation, for our own personal walk with God. It needs to be a personal thing for us. We're all incredible. But if we forget the ultimate goal or if we forget what it's all about, then which is that we're in this thing together, you know, we're, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. And so for that, I, I go to Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 19. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And it's it's just that's that's what I think the theme of the movie is is that if you if you're doing this on your own you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And even if we're doing this all together there's still going to be lots of failing. You know, there's still not we're not going to, you know, we might not make it but it's it's we always have a better chance together. And we always have a better chance with God in mind working to become a holy temple for him. And that's what makes me, you know, so emotional about this movie. I mean, obviously the, the movie's emotional enough, but it's just, it's a perfect description of, yes, we, we do have reasons to work on ourselves and be better versions of ourselves. But if it's not for that goal to be a better people to collectively, it's just not going to be, it's not going to, it's not going to work or it's going to fall apart, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like if you're just working on yourself and you're making, like you said, you're making yourself better and everyone's doing that you're just going to have all these people that are are better or they're good by themselves but when you put them together you know it's just they don't work well together um but yeah that's uh that's the incredibles mm-hmm. it uh it's an amazing movie masterpiece oh yeah of Master- animation and writing it's uh just all around great performances by everybody um you know, I, like I think the first time I watched it, I did not know that uh, Samuel L. Jackson played Frozone. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is the first time I've ever sure. I'd ever watched it. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know who Samuel L. Jackson was, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, those those little things. I, I don't know if we talked about this, but um, when he's did I say this earlier when he's fighting the robot and it's pulling him apart? Did I say that before? Yeah. So there's a scene where he's where he's overweight and he's fighting the uh, robot for the first time, and the robot picks him up and pulls him apart. Uh, well, he tries to stretch him out and just kill him that way. 
And before this, beforehand, he threw his back out because he's old and fat. But uh, the robot is pulling him apart, and it cracks his back. It, like, fixes his, his back. Yeah. And he realizes that. He's like, oh, 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 oh. And he just proceeds to defeat the robot. Yeah. And it's just that one key detail mm-hmm. where, like, he, they could have they wrote it where he's old, but he just... He still defeated the robot, but he was just slower, you know. Yeah. But they included that key detail to where it uh, it actually helped him, you know. He's old, yeah. threw his back out, but then mm-hmm. just those key details. Yeah. And not to like skip ahead here, but in The Incredibles two, the second movie, um, I saw tons of screenshots of this one scene where the dad is holding up Jack Jack. And you can see on his sleeve, if you zoom in, you can see the, the stitching. Individual fibers. The, the fibers yeah. of the shirt. And just that's that's just... Oh, it's all, it's the details. I mean, that's what Pixar is so good at, the little detail details. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking back to, even in The Incredibles 1, when uh, they're all in the ocean, and, and she like says, okay, here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to freak out. And like we're not gonna look out. And and but but if you notice, she looks down at the water to see the reflection of the plane falling down yeah. at them. So she looks down and she goes, ah! And, 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 she, yeah. and it's just little details like that where it's like, I mean, you could have just had her look up, just randomly look up, right? Mm-hmm. But she looks down at the water to see the reflection. And it's just like it's just little stuff like that where you just you, you don't get it with regular animated movies. And I'm not like, uh, I'll be the first one to tell you there's definitely Pixar movies that have won the Oscar for Best Animated Movie where I'm just like, nah. <laughs> but it's just like, but this one, yeah, this one is, is is a masterpiece. And I'm looking at, it got nominated for four Oscars and it won two. It did not get nominated for music, which I'm like, what are you, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to pull up the... Um, what did it win? It won Best Animated Movie. Okay. And then best sound editing. It got nominated for sound mixing, and it got nominated for um, original screenplay, which not many animated movies get nominated for screenplay. So yeah, they all some most of them just follow some sort of generic outline, you know. But that's that's an issue. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking it up right now because I'm like, who won? Who won the? Oh, while you're doing that, um, when the plane does land in the water. And they're, they, like, get out of the way. Um, when she looks down, she looks at, she's seeing the wreckage sinking, and an S, like, pops up in the explosion. I, I didn't realize this, but it's true. Like, she looks down, and she's just seeing the wreckage slowly sink, and it's like there's some kind of, like, spark or electrical uh, shortage, and it's an S. And I think it's in the same style as the S on, not, no, no. It's like a, but it's very clearly an S, you know? Yeah. Um, for a syndrome, I guess, but um, <clears throat> there might be like a, a design sure. thing that he put in there. Like, oh, when, when I shoot down this plane. No, wait, that wasn't even Syndrome's plane, though. Which no, is the interesting it's, it's her plane. Yeah, so that's sort of where I'm like, that kind of. That's, that's probably just a movie thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, seriously. This, this, <laughs> these music these music scores nah okay so the winner in this year was um yes okay so 
the musical scores that won this year was Finding Neverland, which I've never seen it, so I can't really... Was that the one with the dinosaurs? No, that's not. No, that's no. the one for Finding Neverland. I can't remember. I think it was a. I think it was a. I don't know. I don't want to be wrong. But so the other nominees were Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which okay, Harry Potter score is gonna win. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be nominated. That's fine. Yeah. And then Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. I remember that movie. That was uh, interesting. Movie. Then The Passion of the Christ, okay. which I don't want to say anything bad about. Whoa. The musical score of The Passion of the Christ, but Whoa. whatever. And then The Village. Um, oh, the which, M. Night Shyamalan? So I'm like, take Lemony Snicket out, man. Get, <laughs> get that movie out of here and put The Incredibles in. Come on now. That's gotta, that's that's just, that's cruel. Lemony Snicket got nominated, this movie got nominated for a lot of Academy Awards, but, or more than I would have expected it to. Um, but, yeah, no. Good good, good movie and, and just, I mean, got nominated for writing, which is awesome. Anyway. Cool. I feel, like if it, I feel like if it was in the Oscars like today, it's I think it's withstood the test of time. I think it's got like an eighty something percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, which yeah, I'm not too, I'm not too much on the Rotten Tomatoes train, but on IMDb it's eight out of ten. Oh, see there you go. I mean, and that puts it. I don't think I think that puts it on like the top one hundred or oh no it doesn't. But anyway, good movie so. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, well, that was The Incredibles. Uh, thank you for listening. Tell your friends about us, the cross-section podcast. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say? No, thanks for listening. We, uh, we love doing this. We love talking about movies. So see us next time.